Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back podcasters to the tomahawk nation hoops dedicated podcast we are coming at you with with a championship edition here on a on a sunday afternoon in tallahassee florida i am matt minnick joined by michael rogner as always uh and and florida state florida state completed what what honestly i think a lot of folks probably would would have never deemed possible if you'd asked them five, six, seven, even a couple years ago, uh, Florida State, for the first time in school history, uh, won the ACC regular season title. You'll know that Florida State was the ACC champions uh, in 2012. They won the ACC championship in 2012, which is officially determined by the ACC tournament. Uh, Michael, what, what are your, your th- long, longtime fellow fan here? What, what was yesterday like for you? The the game was we don't probably need to even talk about the game because it we both said that it it had the potential to be like a twenty five thirty point game but Florida State would somehow let it be in the teens which is exactly what happened exactly uh, what happened right <laughs> they, they won by, so that, I set the number at seventeen and a half and they won by eighteen right right yeah I think I picked under you picked over or something so yeah we so you had a game. And after, you know, we, we talk a lot about the ACC tournament being the, the, that's the winner of the ACC, and that's how it's always been. That's how it always will be. But you can see how much, you know, the regular season matters to these guys when, you know, Ham's up on a ladder cutting down the net and, 
you know, and and the fans are are going crazy, and it, it's it's super important. It's the first time it's happened. You know, Florida State joined joined this place. What like you know, ninety two, ninety one, ninety two, yeah, yeah. And this is the very first time it's happened, and so kudos to the team. It's a it's not the team that you would expect that w- would have you know done it. They were picked fifth in the in the preseason and I, I you know you and I both had them a little further down than than first place it's been a you know a heck of a ride and it was super fun to watch you know just the uh, you know the enthusiasm and all the celebrations and you know all that stuff that comes with with having a great season you know knowing that they have to immediately go to the locker room and you know celebrate for a couple hours and then get right back to it because you know the the important. There's still some important nets out there to cut down, and uh, you know this will be a short celebration for these guys, but it'll be something that we remember for an awfully long time. Absolutely, well said. And and you know what, the crowd yesterday, Michael. I got to give credit. It was, you know, the game. Like you said, the game was not all that impressive. I, there was several times where Florida State was hunting some some big, you know, kind of top ten highlight plays. Never really connected on any of them. A few alley oops were were sloppily missed and but the crowd was really lively uh you know the even even on just made jumpers and you know a, a, the array of, of balsa copra vica dunks uh the crowd was really into it from the tip and lively and you could tell that they really sensed that something special was was happening and and that they were a part of of a moment that would forever be remembered you know people always talk about oh the cassell and Cassell and Sura days and Ward and the Pat can but but this team and really last year's team and, and the last four years have to to be quite honest have exceeded any of that. I know those teams were exciting. I, I used to go to those games and they were up and down action and and it's it's kind of you know people like to uh, romanticize about the past, but none of those teams accomplished anything like this. Uh, those teams still they they all had actually double digit. If you go back and look, I mean they were like twenty five and ten. They were they were good basketball teams that didn't frequently play defense. And um, the, this team has certainly accomplished something that they will be able to point to up up in the banners for the rest of of their lives. And so that was fantastic to watch basketball is a sport of tournaments. Uh, it has always been that way, whether, you know, the NIT used to be kind of the tournament to win. Uh, and then of course that was replaced by the NCAA tournament. And, and you used to have top five teams in the country, not even make the NCAA tournament because they didn't win their conference tournament. So, so basketball by nature is a sport in which you play on multiple days in a row and, and it's a tournament based game and, and the official ACC championship will always go to that tournament winner. And so, you know, that is something still to play for, but, but cutting down the nets is an incredible experience. And, and you know what it's winning. We've talked about it often. Winning is a skill winning breeds more winning. And so when you get up there and you experience a moment like that, I think Hamilton talked about it yesterday, you want to experience more like that. And so I think these guys will be hungry, hungry to, to cut down, you know, the nets in Greensboro and, and who knows, maybe even cut down the nets in Atlanta. Um, I, I, want to say one or two thoughts about the Boston College game and then maybe I'll ask you but 15 people scored how, how about that that is the epitome of, of Hamilton basketball 15 guys a lot of teams don't even have 15 players on the roster 15 guys scored and and 17 guys actually recorded a stat so it, they, they have that 18 strong mantra and and boy did they live into it yesterday and 
and it was just a, a really, really fantastic experience to be a part of. I, I consider myself uh, lucky. Do, do you have any other thoughts on the Boston College game, or and we can move well, on? Yeah, you did throw out Boss's name, but but man, fifteen points in yeah. eleven minutes. That that he had a hell of a game, and and it's important. You know, we're kind of seeing him develop and see what we're going to get next year. You know, guys like that are super important, especially in the out-of-conference season because, you know, you see a lot of teams kind of losing to, to you know, like sub-200 teams. But if you have a guy like Balsa who you can just pound it into um, against those smaller teams, that kind of, uh, you know, uh, doesn't eliminate your chances of losing those kind of games, but but it definitely reduces it. And, and so – Florida State is is developing a seven footer. He's got tons of skill. He was all on display yesterday. Super excited to see him, you know, kind of de- develop into, uh, you know, his sophomore year. And then Dom also, you know, he deserves a shout out. Senior day, first time his parents have seen have seen him ever play a college basketball game, um, and he goes out and he scores fourteen points. And then was you know was typical Dom, you know, super physical. Uh, you know, very emotional. So that was that was fun to see. Yeah, no, great shout outs to both. And and really, man, those guys, Florida State really didn't shoot that well. Uh, they they cleaned up a lot of trash around the basket. They they established themselves on the block. And uh, you know, it was it was great to see Dom and and Bolsa pro- probably have what five or six dunks between the two of them, uh, and and just really aggressively going after it. That's that's something that I'd love to see for another. Let's see here, uh, nine games if we were to play every one of them left. Uh, was, I, I heard rumor there was a big recruit in the house. Is that uh, – can you say a little bit about that? Yeah, there, there were actually – I think by my count there were six. I saw some tall who, guys standing around yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were all there on unofficials, and so it's, you know, it's kind of hard to, 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 to get too close to them. But uh, Jaden Bradley was there, and he is – uh, you know, class of 2022, he's arguably the best point guard in the nation, a very important recruit. And then um, the Hendricks brothers were, were both there. They play over at, at um, university school. And Taylor Hendricks is uh, the – he'll probably end up as a four-star, maybe top 50 kind of player. And he is the he, – he's the one, if you looked in that lineup of tall guys standing around, that most like – look most likely looked like a Florida State player. You know, he's like 6'8", super long arms, really bouncy. Um, he'll end up as a, as a you know, sort of a power forward type guy. I mean, he'll, he'll play on the wing at Florida State. But, but yeah, so those, those two guys were in the house and then, you know, uh, four, probably four other uh, recruits. So it, it, it's got to be fun for those guys. And, and, and the way for Hamilton to keep this thing rolling is – is just keep keep the keep the bodies churning and, and bring in the good bring in the good players. Yeah, I, I think why don't we talk a little bit about that too? Because you're right. There's nothing I think nothing we can put a uh, put a pin on that that uh, Boston College game and zip it up and great win. Uh, but you know Hamilton talked a bit after the game about how they've really cultivated the the culture and program and foundation that they have and and that they're kind of selective that they don't go after they don't just go after anybody uh and and they look for people who certainly are are good basketball players you know Hamilton joked a little bit he's something like uh if I had a guy who could score 30 points and grab 15 rebounds a game then sure maybe I'd give him more minutes then maybe we'd have a little bit less of the substituting that he does but 
you know, typically that's not, that's not what we're going to get. And so he, he's actively looking for guys that are willing to buy into the concept of the 18 strong and be willing to give it their all for three to four minutes at a time and put their hand up and, and go take a seat on the bench. And, and that is, and he talks about how they've been up front with players about that. And I, I even think for instance, this year you might see, you know, people like Jalen green is an example of a guy who clearly had interest in Florida state came and took a visit to Florida state. I don't know Jalen Green. I've never spoken to him one time. I, I don't know that he's necessarily looking for a, a school where he's going to take, you know, be one of seven guys who is leaned upon and, and take, you know, eight or 10 shots a game as, a, as opposed to really be the focal point of a, of a team in his one year in college basketball before he goes to the NBA. Now that Florida State has, has kind of, established itself as a program of significance do you think that the pitch changes are are we the scotty barnes seems like the unicorn out there where he's a top 10 kid and is defensive minded and selfless i don't know what's your thought on moving forward how do you keep that culture and selfless nature going yeah i mean there's a there's a few ways to look at that one is uh, you know, the pitch absolutely changes in a good way for the staff because they have, uh, you know, lots of success to point to. They've got, all, you know, guys in the NBA. They've got – they're cutting down nets. They're, they're, they're winning the ACC. So, you, so you've got that, um, you know, sort of background of success that you can sell to recruits. But also from the fans' perspective, like, fans expect more now. You know, fans expect the team to be good and you've got to be bringing in those guys every single year. You've got to be complimenting um, the guys like Scotty Barnes with, with, with four-year guys, you know, or uh, really high-level JUCO transfers. You, 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 you can't let this thing slip because what we've seen in the past is that Florida State becomes a good school, and I'm thinking up through the 2012, um, you know, era where we went to the tourney four straight years. And if you look on the message boards back then, everybody was like, all it takes is consistent winning. And then you have a sort of a semi-permanent fan base. And then the next year, the place is empty, you know. And uh, the Florida State fans are, are, uh, no, are, are notably fickle when it comes to basketball. And even though everybody's saying the right things right now about uh, Florida State being a basketball school and, and you know, the, the commitment from the fans is there and blah, blah, blah. If Florida State snakes next year, the fans are not going to be there. You know, th this is not uh, Purdue. You know, th th this, is, this is not, you know, pick any number of schools from the state of Indiana, you know, that are selling out games kind of regardless of, of the team. It's like Florida State, in order to, to maintain this, has to, has to be a good, good basketball program. And, uh, you know, one down year and Florida State fans are, are like, oh, we got to we got to fire somebody. You know, there's there's a I don't I don't want to get too too down on this thing, but the pressure is all on him right now to keep this train rolling. And luckily, he's got the players lined up for next year. Um, and there's a lot of 2021, 2022 guys that are uh, super interested in Florida State. So the, so the players, um, you know, hopefully are going to be there. And now the the trick is just you know kind of closing the closing the the uh, the the gap and or you know getting those guys to sign um, you know in order to keep this thing going. Yeah, that's I think there's a lot of a lot of 
really poignant things you said there. I, I will say as someone who was in Tallahassee for those for the 2009 to 2012 run, I, I attended nearly every, every home game during that stretch. And, and I've been in Tallahassee during this stretch. I will say that there, it does feel a little bit different. I, I am a hundred percent agree. If Florida state came out and was an NIT team next year, I think you would, it would be right back to 5,500 people in the stands. But I, I don't know if it's because uh, football is down. I don't know if it's because people have finally gotten over the like, well, Hamilton is just never going to be able to put a te- decent team. Like, sure. This was a fluke. We had, you know, whatever one guy snare saved us, you know, I'm not exactly sure. It does feel slightly different. I think I think part of that for me as someone who is more than just a casual fan is that you you now have have seen a very clear execution of a roster management plan that you know even after that 2012 season we still were then there were some gaps there. You know, we brought in uh, Boris and Michael Ojo in the same class which is a you know, that's a lot of projects to take on at once. You, uh, there was, you know, we, we had the really put all of our eggs in the Andrew Wiggins basket. Didn't have, forget a plan B, didn't have a plan C. And, and that one I, I think hurt on multiple levels. And, and so, whereas now, you know, we're, first of all, we're not putting all of our eggs in one basket, but second of all, we are also doing a great job of, to your point, identifying the John Isaac, the Dwayne Bacon, the Pat, the Scotty Barnes each year. Florida State got a little bit lucky that Pat Williams kind of, I think, developed on a more accelerated path than perhaps a lot of folks were thinking, although at the end of last year it was clearly evident that this kid was experiencing some explosive growth as a basketball player. Uh, but then they're, they're building then around with the Anthony Polites and the Raekwon uh, Grays, the Raekwon Evans, uh, the the Devin Vassells who are going to be those three four year guys shoot Devin might only end up being a two year guy but for good reason because he he uh, again accelerated his growth as opposed to stagnating and so I, I do get a sense that there's a bit better of a vision I think CY has been a huge part of that and to Ham's credit this is a guy who took a look in the mirror and self scouted evaluated and realized that he had done some really great things, but in order to truly take it to the next level, perhaps the level that we've seen last year and this year, it required a little bit of a shakeup. And, and so it, 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 they've got a fantastic staff. I, don't, I wouldn't trust, if I was a big man in the country right now, if I was a top 50 recruit as a center, I wouldn't go anywhere else but to come and be uh, tutored by Stan Jones. I, I, don't, I don't understand what anyone would want to do differently there. So, uh, and CY has done a great job and, and the whole set Chuck, uh, has been great. The video staff, the video coordinators, I mean, this is a really good staff that Florida state has put together and, and they're really starting to execute on a vision that seems to be kind of rolling downhill and picking up some steam. Uh, Florida state became the first team in the last seven years, not named Virginia or North Carolina to win the ACC regular season title, notably Duke. Hasn't done it since 2010, even though I think Rogner even mentioned earlier they, they, uh, they've been picked to do it every, it seems like every year, the last three or four years. But I don't know, do you, do you feel good about next year? Do you feel, I mean, you feel like, barring injuries, Florida State's got another top 25 team. 
Absolutely. I feel, I feel, I feel great about the future. And I, th- I think that Ham has, uh, you know, demonstrated that he can uh, build success and maintain success. I mean, if we, if we lose Vassell and Patrick Williams, you know, then next year's team is, is maybe not looking, you know, quite, quite as good as, as they could be. Uh, if, if Vassell goes, you know, the flip side of that is if Vassell goes to the NBA draft and his first round draft pick, that's two drafts in a row that uh, Hamilton and staff have taken a three-star and turned them and turned them into a first-round draft pick. Which is bonkers. By their, yeah, by their sophomore year. Um, yeah. And, you know, Coach K is not doing that. Coach K has three stars on his roster. They are not getting drafted. You know, Calipari is not doing that. It's, it is hard to find coaches who are identifying these guys, um, you know, and, and not just identifying them early, but they never get bumped up to that fourth star, you know? So it's, it's not even, you know, even their senior year, there's still, you know, some, some doubts about them and he's turning them into first round draft picks. So yeah, that, 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 you know, it's sort of a, it'd be a bittersweet thing to see Vassell go and it'll hurt next year's team. But, you know, that's also the kind of thing that kind of keeps recruiting going. So, you know, it's six and one half dozen of the other, but regardless of, of who's on the roster next year, I have, I have full faith that, you know, this will we'll have another tournament team next year, and you know, at worst, it'll be like a borderline top twenty-five team. Yeah, yeah. The, I will say this: the ACC is loaded next year. It is not is not going to be like this year, where the top teams, Duke, Florida State, Virginia, all lost a lot of folks. I mean, people people have been asking all season: Oh, could you imagine if Florida State still had Fiondu and if Florida State still had CJ Walker? Or I, you know, like. Um, and, and that is not, not to take anything away from Florida State at all. The, what Florida State, I, I think, has put together a, a masterful job of, of having a team where the uh, whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Everybody knows their role. They're executing it. And, and I, I don't know, maybe with someone like a Fiondu where there's, you know, kind of like a go-to guy like that, uh, particularly he wasn't necessarily – the, the most willing passer all the time, uh, maybe that would have stunted some of the growth of someone like Devin Vassell or someone like MJ Walker, and we wouldn't see this kind of synergy that we've got going on. But next year's ACC is having an incredible influx of talent. Uh, there, you know, Sam Hauser right now is sitting out at UVA. I mean, that kid can flat out play basketball. He's a normal transfer. You've got a bunch of talented recruits coming in. I think UNC has what like four McDonald's All-Americans. Of course, Florida State has has Scotty Barnes and Calhoun. So, um, I you know you could see a Florida State team that is even equally as good next year, but maybe you know finishes with a conference record of of fourteen and six or thirteen and seven, uh, just just because the league is going to be is going to look a lot different. But I agree with you that you know the the roster, regardless of, of Vassell and Williams, the roster is set. And, and if either Vassell or Williams does come back, that starts to feel like a team that like this year is, is a legitimate final four contending team. And, and one that would be talked about pr- probably not be under the radar to start the season uh, given, given what, what Hamilton's been able to accomplish. Uh, why don't we take, a quick break and then we'll come back with, I think there was a couple of interesting questions uh, that were submitted to us as well as a look at, at championship week and heading into the ACC tournament. I'm Alex Rodriguez. 
And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, back here with, a with again, a championship edition of, of the Tomahawk Nation Hoops Dedicated Podcast here. We, we are going to take a couple of questions that came in uh, and there, I think they're good. They're appropriate questions given the time of year and, and the circumstances around this. So the, the first one here, Michael is uh, what would you, what would your selections be for uh, the ACC first team, ACC second team, maybe, maybe player of the year, coach of the year. Why don't we start with, give me, give me your ACC first team selections. In the, the, we we played. I think it was the Notre Dame game or Jay, Jay Billis. The game that Jay Billis was on the mic. Yeah, you know, he said that there are four guys who are just absolute locks for the ACC first team. We will see when the votes come out. I've, I can talk a little bit more about how the voting for Florida State has gone in the recent years. But uh, those four guys are Vernon Carey of Duke, John Mooney in Notre Dame, Jordan Nora from Louisville, and Devin Vassell from from Florida State. And I will agree with Jay on those four. The fifth one is tricky. It could be, you know, any number of guys. Um, but I will take uh, Mamadou Diakite from Virginia. He is, I, th- I think he, he, he kind of started the year looking like maybe player of the year nationally. And then he, then he, then he had, a, had a little bit of a, of, a, of a downturn. And then he's finishing strong. But he's, he's just such an incredible two-way player. That I, I think that I'll I'll go with him on uh, you know sort of the tail end of my first team. Yeah, no, I can't I can't fault any of those decisions, and so I'll just I'll keep it brief and say that the four I agree I had the same four actually uh, Nora Vassell, Carey, John Mooney. I, I don't know that there's a whole lot else to say about that. I'll differ slightly from you and say, and, and I'll preface this by saying that this is what I would select. This is, if, if he gave me a vote, this is what I would put down, not necessarily what I'm predicting. I think I would go Trey Jones. Uh, he, he is, he, he was kind of a holdover from Duke's team last year. And, and, you know, I was really impressed with the steps that he took, you know, he last year, the knock on him was that he just couldn't shoot. And frankly, no one on Duke's team could shoot from the perimeter this year. He's, he's stepped that up to, to 37% in conference play, which is, more than adequate to, to keep a defense honest, especially from the point guard position. And he really runs that team. I mean, he's played, he played almost 90% of their minutes in conference games. So that, that is doing, he played, he played all 20 conference games for Duke. He, he doesn't leave the floor very often. He's, he's sixth in the conference in assist rate. And so I, I will go with Trey Jones, but certainly Diakite has been a, has, you know, been a huge part of UVA's continued success as well. Hit me up. You said you were going to tell what, tell me about the uh, Florida States pre I, I'm blanking on this was, was Isaac on the, did he make a ACC first team? Would, would Vassell, if he made it, would be Vassell be the first since Isaac? Yeah. John Isaac actually did not make any of the three teams. At, uh, 
Which, which is God, did uh, you, they make any of the three teams? Uh, you know, it, it happens. It's 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 hard. It, when there's 15 teams, it's kind of hard to watch them all. You know, so you just kind of have to. Yeah, you know, we'll just. I, I think Florida State finished second that year. We'll just say uh, that nobody uh, on that on that team was worthy uh, of uh, <laughs> voting. Uh, you know, they just finished second. Yeah. So, so Dwayne Bacon was second team, um, and then you have to go all the way back to Michael Snare. Who, who who was second team and third team in, in, in consecutive years? Yeah, so so uh, the ACC. This is the seventh year that the ACC has had fifteen teams. Um, if you look at the voting since ACC went to fifteen teams, uh, a team like Duke, you would expect them to have lots of guys representing it on the first three teams. They've had fourteen, as as had Virginia. Duke, uh, who Notre hasn't Dame. won the ACC regular season title since 2010, just wanted to yeah, that's technical. That's technicality. Yeah. Uh, UVA has won it, uh, yeah, three or they, four times. They, uh, 14 guys. Notre Dame's had seven. Clemson's had five. Oh. NC State's had five. Florida State's had one, and that was that was that was the second team guy. They're they're dead last in uh, since the ACC went to 15 teams. And if you and if you look at uh, since ACC or since Florida State actually joined the ACC. Uh, there were there were what seven other teams or yeah seven other teams that have been in the ACC uh, as since you know since Florida State joined and Florida State happens to be last on that list as well. Uh, you know they're they're behind Clemson. <laughs> you know just they're behind the rousing who, basketball school that is that is Clemson, right? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're behind Wake. Wake Forest has had eleven first team guys in that stretch. They okay. Uh, so well, the Tim Duncan era and, and yeah, that's Childress, right. I'll give that. But I, Clem, the fact that Clemson's had five in the last five years is ridiculous. They have one tournament, I think, in that time. One, yeah. eight, one NCAA tournament. Yeah, in, in the first 12 years that Florida State was in the ACC, Bob Sura was the only first-team guy. Um, you know, and then we had a little bit of a run there. T- Tim Pickett, Al Thornton, and Tony Douglas in like a six- or seven-year span were all first-team guys. And, and that's it. I mean, for, for Florida State, uh, since 1991-92 season, you've got Bob Sura, Tim Pickett, Al Thornton, and Tony Douglas. Those are the only first-team all-ACC guys uh, you know, in that stretch, and Duke has had thirty-seven guys on that first team. I, uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit speechless. So those are interesting numbers. So Vassell, if if Vassell does in fact make first team, which you and I both said we would, we would vote for him, and Jay Billis, I, I think agreed. Then, then actually Vassell would this this would be a pretty big accomplishment for Vassell, and and that would that would I mean I think he's certainly worthy of it. So clearly, then that would that tells me that Hamilton must be, you know, just racking up the coach of the year awards since, since he's in, been able to accomplish, you know, he's a top five all time wins, you know, in ACC play and, you know, all, all these NCAA tournaments and, and, and he's doing it with players who obviously aren't very good if, if they're never mm-hmm. making first team or even in most cases, even second team. So, uh, so Hamilton's got to be a shoe in, right? I mean, all these years for coach of the year. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, certainly this year, I think he's actually going to win it. Um, I, I've heard yeah. some. I've heard some groundswell for Tony Bennett because because of their surge the last six or seven games. Yeah, I'm not hearing that. I mean, I mean, I've I heard what I I've heard the same thing as you're hearing. I'm just not. I'm not believing it. Tony, they they were picked 11th 
um, nationally in, in the preseason. Right, so the top 11 uh, team preseason. Yeah, and, and they're going to finish, what, like 18th or 19th or something? Right, So right. it was a good year for them. It was a good year, but, but a little disappointing compared to the media that is now saying it's his best coaching job ever. There were, I think, 12 uh, members of the ACC media, and there's only, what, like 60-something votes. Um, so that's a significant percentage that picked Virginia to win it all, to win the ACC this year. Um, you know, obviously they did not. Uh, if, so if if Virginia if, or, or if Tony Bennett wins this year over Leonard Hamilton, then I don't even know. What, I've, I've got a lot of bad things already to say about the ACC media. And, you know, warm, warm up the have, explicit button for that podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I'll certainly have a lot more ammo. If, I mean, Hamilton is a is a stone cold lock to win it this year. I mean, he's, he, it should be unanimous, but we shall see it. It should be unique. Some, somehow it's as if as it's if the last four weeks, the people who were talking about Tony Bennett for coach of the year forgot that Tony Bennett was also the coach when they lost at home to South Carolina. I mean, like, does, does that not count against him? Or that, you know, again, Florida State was picked lower in the preseason and is finishing higher in the preseason while losing uh, just as many players to the NBA. It's not like Florida State didn't have massive losses to graduation and the NBA last year. I actually think Coach Hamilton, I don't even think it's worth, so yeah, you and I clearly agree. I think he's one of probably three coaches or so that could that should be in serious discussion for the National Coach of the Year. Scott Drew has also done an outstanding job uh, at Baylor. Uh, and and I, I mean, I don't know, I think maybe for a while I could have, you know, I, I can't even believe I'm about to say this, but could have been on the Turgeon, uh, Turgeon train up at Maryland, but um, I, I think, you know, Hamilton, Scott Drew, maybe for me would be one and two in, in national coach of the year. Uh, but so why don't we look at ACC, give me your player of the year. And then after that, we'll do the second team. Yeah. Player, player of the year. I think it, it basically comes down to two guys and that's uh, Vernon Carey and, and John Mooney. I know that Nuora was, was great. And, and, you know, maybe you think it comes down to Carey and Nora, but you know, in my mind, it's it's Mooney and Carey, and and Carey is just he's he's, I think he's got to be the guy. He there's there is no one in the ACC who is presents the matchup problem that that Vernon Carey does, and I I, I think that if you look at, um, you know. If if you look if you if you use the eye test to make your vote, then you know he certainly gets it. And if you if you look more, you know, do a statistical dive, he's basically in like the top eight in every category that matters um, in, in the ACC. I would be inclined to agree. I, I think I might, for me, come down to Carrie and Nora. But if if the award was given on on February first, I probably would have gone. Uh, Jordan Nora, but yeah. it's not given on February 1st. And, and Vernon Carey has been really, really good. Uh, you know, he's, as you said, he statistically, I think the only thing in conference play that he's not kind of top, that, that you would want a, you know, big man or, or someone of his value to be, he's 11th in block percentage. So sorry, he's only 11th instead of, you know, eighth or whatever, but everything else he he is just, he's he's been the best player and and you can tell when when he's on duke is the games that they have stubbed their toe in have been games in which he's like the wake forest game he he played 19 minutes and got into early foul trouble um so 
yeah, he, he's, he's an, an important piece. Um, okay. So second team, that's right. That was the other part of that question. So you, just to recap, your first team was the big four that we agreed on with Vassell, Kerry, Mooney, Nora, and then you had Diakite. I had Trey Jones. So I'm assuming that Trey Jones makes your second team, uh, but maybe I'm wrong, wrong. And then give me the other four. Yeah, I think, I think Trey Jones. And then if you look at that fifth spot for the, for the first team that I had DKT and you had Jones, I think it's between DKT Jones and Elijah Hughes from Syracuse. Uh, so yeah, I think we could have gone anyway with, with that, with that pick for the first team. But since I, I left Jones and Hughes off the first team, I will put them on the second team. Um, I've also got Trent Forrest on there, which if you just listen to my description of how the ACC media votes, you know, that the odds of Vassell being first team and Forrest being second team are pretty slim. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not predicting the second team. I'm just, I'm just saying what my vote would be. Uh, and then, uh, I'm gonna. I, I I know that this is probably just a bad pick, but I'm gonna take Kehei Clark. I th- I think that he's pretty efficient with shooting the ball, but every time I turn on a Virginia game, like he's the guy who's just making things happen. And and Diakite is their star, but Kehei Clark is is sort of the little midget who's 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 making you know waving his magic wand around and kind of making good things. He does lead the ACC in assist rate, so. You know, there's at least a little statistical, uh, uh, you know, valid validation there. And then Georgia Tech, you know, they Georgia Tech finished was it fifth in the in the, fifth. In the ACC? They finished fifth, fifth yeah. despite playing the whole year, probably acknowledging that they weren't going to be able to do any postseason. Yeah, and they, and they they finished winning six of their last seven. So they they had uh, you know a, a, a really remarkable year. I I tend to make fun of Josh Pastner um, a lot, and I think that he kind of deserves it. And he does not deserve any votes for coach of the year. But they did finish fifth. Uh, Michael Devoe. There's a few guys on that team that that you could go with. I'm going with Michael Devoe. He is uh, you know sort of their key scorer. He's a 43 percent. Um, you know, three-point shooter. Uh, he, he. I think he shot even better in, in ACC play. Um, and he wears the number zero. You know, and, and I've got a soft spot in my heart for for guys who wear the number zero. So I'm going to go with with Michael Deville. Yeah, that I think that's a good. I, I like your second five. I, I'll. So I have the. You mentioned the Jones, Diakite, Hughes triumvirate that sort of was that last spot for the first team. I had Jones, and, and so I agree with you that Diakite and Elijah Hughes make up the top kind of two guys for me on the second team. And, you know, it's, a sh- it's never a shame to see Jimmy Bayheim <laughs> Jimmy, having to answer questions about his team losing. But Elijah Hughes has, has really had a nice season for Syracuse, and it, I, I do wish that he's a guy I would have liked to have seen the NCAA tournament. It's fun to in March to watch shooters like that get on a roll and carry their team to a victory or two. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll tune into an NIT game if, if uh, Bayheim's able to get his bunch into the NIT. Uh, so I've also got Trent Forrest. I, I do not expect him to be on the second team. I, I probably expect him to be on the third team in real life or maybe the all defense team, but I, I just, if you've watched Florida state play, you know that he is the heart and soul of it. And so to me, that, that is an appropriate spot for the team that was the outright champ. Your, your Georgia tech selection. I, I love that you took a guy from Georgia tech and I, I, I think DeVoe, I I could easily see the argument for DeVoe, 
I've actually got Alvarado on the, on my second team. And, nice. you know, for me, it came down to, he, he only played 22 games this year. He had some injuries, I think early in the year. And, um, you know, they lost, they lost Georgia early by four. They lost an OT to Arkansas. They lost, uh, you know, oh, they shouldn't have anyways, but they lost to Ball State. I think that those, if Alvarado is playing those games, I, I don't think they lose those games. And, and I think Alvarado's, as he's gotten healthier during the year, now you've seen them, as you mentioned, win six or so of their last seven and, and really turn into a team that, quite honestly, I bet there's a lot of folks in the ACC tournament who are glad that the Yellow Jackets are not participating because that, that's a team that could have made a run to the semifinals. Uh, Alvarado's had a, had a really nice year, third in steal percentage in the league, ninth in assist rate, 10th in true shot percentage. So he's, he's really done a lot of things well for Georgia Tech. And then I'll go, uh, I'll go with DJ Funderburg for my, for my last slot. He's, he's been, I don't know. So if, if Kihei Clark for your selection is sort of the rich man's uh, Chris likes, right? He's like the, the better midget in the conference. Um, Funderburk for me is, is the super poor, I mean, homeless man's Obi Toppin. Uh, but he, he does a lot of that same. I mean, he's just an animal around the basket. He dunks, he rebounds, he's efficient. Uh, I think he's top two or three in the conference in, in two point percentage. So, and, and NC state is still on that bubble. NC state's got a shot here to make some noise in Greensboro and, and get to the NCAA tournament. If they do, I think that'll be because of, of DJ Funderburk. Um, I don't know. Thoughts on him versus Clark? No, I, li- I like the Funderburk pick. He's, he's he's got a fun name. He's 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 got a fun game. It's 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 a it's. The, I think what it may what it kind of illustrates is that there's a pretty big drop off from the first team to second yeah. team this year. I think yeah. usually it's a little closer. Uh, this year it, it's it's pretty stark comparison. Um, the first team, you know, maybe might struggle against the second team because they don't actually have a point guard, but or at least my version. Your your version would probably absolutely just curb stomp the the second team. Yeah, no, I think you're right about it. it's a that's a good. There is a pretty big drop off, so maybe maybe that'll benefit for us uh, chances a little bit. Maybe there'll be just since since uh, he is a senior and maybe has some name name brand built up there was another question right i think you got a, a question from from on the on the twitter or something. yeah so this came from at jdi723 um, and he says that trent will absolutely be up in the rafters uh, that's up for debate um that was a little sidebar for me uh and the rest of the question is but what other players from ham's tenure do you believe deserve to be up there so so first of all um, you're you're at the talk all the time. Do you do you remember from looking up who's up there right now? Ah, you. So I I probably should have a picture of some. I can tell you that uh, Sura and Cassell are absolutely next to each other on one side. If you've been to the tuck, they've got all the banners sort of around on the outer edge at the top of the rafters, and the women are on one side and the men are on the other. And so the the NCAA tournament appearances are all sort of in the middle. And then on the angles there, uh, there are there are the jerseys both, you know, again on opposite sides, but men's and women's. And then in the end zones, if you will, are the are the ACC championship banners, which which one just got unfurled yesterday, as as well as the men's Final Four banner from '72. So I'm trying to 
Cassell and Sura are definitely on on one side together, and I know that there is uh, there's there's Cowens and King and uh, Fedora together. I, so there's there's six. There's one I'm missing. It could be Petty. I I I, I can give you five of the six. Needless yeah. to say, Cowens, King, Cassell, Sura. That is a lofty bar in my opinion perhaps a bit too lofty when you go to places like unc and see joseph forte and the raptors but so so did i hear the question is trent will obviously be there and then who else from the hamilton era should is that the question yeah exactly okay so i don't know if trent will obviously be there i hope trent does i i think if i were the ones making the decision trent forrest would absolutely have a spot in the Raptors. I, I, given the list that I just shared, I don't know if he will ever reach that point. Uh, so Hamilton era. So we're going back to 2002. There have been some absolute stud players. I think Tony Douglas is the first. Tony Douglas should 100% be in there. He had a, a message. A lot of the players yesterday sent messages to the team and, and Coach Ham via like a video message that they played on the scoreboard, and it's all part of what Hamilton's you know legacy is, is that he's crafted such a great family, uh, a true family program. But so Tony Douglas should 100% be part of the Raptors. I would say Al Thornton. Even it's a shame that that man did not get to play in March Madness. Uh, Florida State 100, was completely screwed the year that Tony broke his hand and Al, I mean, that, that was a sweet 16 team. Uh, so Al and Tony, and I would say maybe, you know what, didn't you say Tim Pickett was a first team all ACC guy early? He was. Yeah. yeah. Tim so give me Tim Pickett. And then I would say Trent Forrest would be, if, if I had to say those should be the next four. And, and if you made me give a fifth, I'd probably say Terrence Mann. If, if I had to. So Cassell, um, Mann Forrest, but first and foremost, Tony Douglas and Al Thornton and Tim Pickett. Yeah, and P- Pickett just played two years at Florida State, right? He did just play two years. Yeah. But I tell you what, being in those sta- – that was coming off seasons in which Florida State lost to American at home, and we went 9-21. and 21, And Tim Pickett revitalized some, some fresh air into that arena. His, his get-off-a-three-in-a-phone-booth style was – it was just mind-boggling to watch, and and Tim Pickett really, I think, gave Hamilton a little bit of early momentum uh, to to get some some moment some juice going on the recruitment trail. Yeah, because I I think back to Mitchell Wiggins. You know, not that I was there to watch Mitchell Wiggins play, but he only played two years, and no one at 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 Florida State has averaged over twenty points for their career except for Mitchell Wiggins, and he averaged over twenty three. Um, wow! Scored scored over a thousand points in just forty six games. Yeah, you know, wow. and and he and he's not in the rafters. So, you know, I, I gotta wonder if if you know Tim Pickett is is, is ever has a chance of getting up there. I, I agree with you that that those are those are the three. So Pickett, um, Tony Douglas, and Al Thornton, they all should be up there. I have no idea why they're not. It makes absolutely zero sense. Um, it's not it's not like. 
um, you, you have to, you know, go out and buy these guys a house or something because you hung their jersey in the rafter. I mean, it's free. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't cost Florida State anything. I don't understand why we're not embracing, uh, you know, a little more of our own uh, history. I, th- I, I would add uh, Terrence Mann to that group. I think that Terrence Mann absolutely deserves to, deserves to be up there. He, uh, you know, is sort of, the to me, the face of – the the real turnaround at at Florida State. We had some other talent around him, but he was the four year guy. And then follow him up, uh, follow him up with Trent. You know, I, I I think that he absolutely deserves to be up there. And I just I don't understand Florida State's thinking by make making this super exclusive uh, club that keeps out guys like you know Mitchell Wiggins. Like wh- why the hell isn't why isn't he up there? You know, yeah. or, or, or Hugh Durham. I don't know, maybe. So, or, and Hugh Durham was, I, j- I was able to find, I, while this was going on, Hugh Durham is the other one that I couldn't. Okay, got it. That might, so, so at least you're, <laughs> you don't have to go on that rant. Right, uh, yeah. that, that's on me. Hugh Durham is the sixth that I couldn't remember. All so right, Ron, Ron King, maybe put, put his, uh, yeah, put so his profile up there. Yeah, it's, it's Cowens, Durham, Sura, Cassell, King, and, and uh, Dave Fedor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 way too exclusive of, of a club for, you know, a, a basketball program that, that has never won a national title. They've got one Final Four. It's like it's like what are you waiting for? You got guys who are first team All ACC players. You know, Al Thornton is one of the most dominant players in FSU history. What the hell's the hold up to, you know, put him up in the rafters? Yeah, I would in general, I would agree. And you know, it's interesting. You think of a guy like Dwayne Bacon who scored a thousand points in two years and was part of the program shifting turnaround. And, uh, you know, the second team all I see, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there, there has to be a line drawn somewhere, right? Like we can't, we just, we can't put everybody up in the rafters and, and, you know, so I don't know where that line is drawn, but I would say that it should be drawn further down in the sandbox than Sam Cassell and Ron King. Yeah, I think the line the line is Michael Snare. Like if you you can argue whether or not Michael Snare belongs up in the rafters and, and you know, I would maybe say no, but you know, if 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 guys who are clearly better and more important to the program, you know, ab- above him, they, they should be they should be up there. Tony Douglas for me is I I I think you could make an argument that Tony Douglas might be more important or than Sam Cassell. And and I love me some Sam I am. Uh, but Tony Douglas was, was here longer was, I mean, what he was able to do, he, he led the ACC in scoring and for a season, right. He led the ACC in scoring and was ACC defensive player of the year, the same year. Uh, and, and kind of carried his, the entire team on his back, like basically willed Florida state to an ACC championship game something Sam Cassell we did not appear in in that early those early 90s team never even made it I think past like the quarterfinals or something and and then you know also got Florida State back in the NCAA tournament for the first time in a decade so uh, Tony Douglas is that to me is so the line should be somewhere beyond him for sure maybe my Tony is a good is a good place to draw it but the line should be past Tony Douglas Tony could be first team all Florida State for all time 
You know, it's it's uh, Dave Cowens and Bob Sura, I think, are the two locks for that team. Right. Sura has like 2,000 points, right? I mean, 2,200 yeah. points. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and Dave Cowens was Dave Cowens. But, right. But, yeah, the, the fact that, that guys like Tony Douglas are not up there means that Florida State is not addressing this situation correctly. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, hopefully that is a situation where, where we can – now, let's capitalize on it, right? We have this opportunity where we just dropped another banner – uh, we, we hopefully are going to see a big March run coming off back-to-back second weekends. And so hopefully this is one where we can, you know, Hamilton can keep up the, the team over the next few years and, and keep on bringing in the, roster, the, the kind of perfect roster match pieces that he's done. And we can, we can use this energy to, to bring back a few of the folks like Tony Douglas and Al Thornton to, to give them the, the respect and honor and recognition that they deserve. All right. Uh, that went on, I think, a little longer than I expected, frankly, but I think it was a healthy, a good, a good dialogue. Let's touch a little bit on, just really quick, on championship week here, plus the end of the regular season in the Big Ten, uh, as well as just a brief, brief preview of the ACC tournament. I- I'll start with that just because the, the bottom line is that, so the ACC tournament is upon us. It is, is a five-day event now, and so it begins on Tuesday. Of course, Florida State does not have to play until Thursday. They, they were one of four teams earning the, the double bye. The other three, if, if you don't know the seeding, so Duke, Virginia, and Louisville actually all tied for second place in the ACC. But Virginia is the team with their win yesterday over Louisville that has the tiebreak over those other two. So they are the two seed. Louisville is the three seed. And Duke drops to the four seed, which means – uh, Florida State and Duke. So Clemson and Miami are the 8-9. Everybody below Georgia Tech gets shuffled around because Georgia Tech's not in it. Clemson and Miami are the 8-9. They will play each other on Thursday, or on Wednesday. We will probably ha- hopefully have a preview of both those teams up. The winner of that game will play Florida State at 12:30 on Thursday. And then if if the seeds went chalk, Florida State and Duke would play in the semifinals on Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, we, we will preview all of this, but Michael, do, do you want an FSU-Duke semifinal matchup? I do not. I would like an FSU-NC State okay. semifinal so you matchup. Okay, you would eschew, the, eschew the, the chance at revenge at, at a better chance of winning the ACC championship. Yes, I would like I would like to win. Um, Florida State would be a significant favorite over NC State and a significant underdog against Duke. Um, it would it it would obviously if 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 I could pick the path that we go through, knowing that we win, then yeah, sure. absolutely, I want to be sure. Duke. But but I the same the same thing will go in the NCAA tournament. You know, if we're the two seed, you know, then we play the seven the winner of the seven ten. I want it to be the weaker of those two teams. And and you and want it, our one seed to be the second one seed in history to be knocked out by the sixteen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, so fair enough. We will, we will get more into the ACC tournament uh, later in the week. What about the other, we had talked on the last podcast about team, you know, hoping that there are some upsets have any happened. Uh, and then so I think one big one happened out West, but then also have, are there any on the horizon? Yeah. So San Diego state got knocked off and Utah state uh, who was probably a bubble team anyway is, is going to the dance. Uh, but that does open up the, the, that's one of the dominoes that has to fall for Florida State to have any chance at, at being a one seed. So, so that was good to see. Uh, the, the Missouri Valley has been 
uh, just absolutely bananas. The the top uh, three seeds have uh, are all gone, and the championship, which is today, will be between uh, Bradley and Valpo. So this is one of those situations that we talked about on on the pod. So Northern Iowa was the number one seed, and you you want them to lose because it puts a weaker team in the tournament, which in turn creates weaker. Uh, 15 seeds. So you want you you know you want all of these tourney winners to be, you know, bad teams to basically maximize the chance that Florida State uh you know gets a weaker opponent in in, in that first round. Um let's see what else <laughs> excuse me what else is is Liberty Lipscomb's today? Yeah, Liberty Lipscomb, that's the Atlantic Sun and Liberty's the one seed. They also have the most dislikable player in college basketball. Uh, which surprise go to a school like Liberty um, and Lipscomb is the three seed. We have to, we absolutely want him, want them, uh, you know, to, 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 to win that um, tournament. The SoCon, um, let's see the two, three and four seeds have all been knocked out. So all we need now is the one seed and that's going to, that's, that, that, that goes on today at four. So it'd be a fun game to watch Western Carolina, against Eastern Tennessee State, and we, we definitely want Western Carolina to, to pull that one out. And, and if they win, it actually kind of opens up a path, potential path for Chattanooga, who you might remember earlier in the season we beat them by like 40. Uh, they, they could actually, you know, make it to the dance, which will give us, uh, you know, one more win over a tourney team. So that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about the Big Ten? They, they're still playing their regular season games. We got Ohio State at Michigan State. Michigan at Maryland does it feel like we're kind of locked into a two seed now or I guess we'd still probably root against Maryland and probably Michigan State right yeah I'm, I'm a little a little concerned that if Florida State loses that first round game to Clemson or, or Miami then we could drop to a three I th- you know we're pretty solid too at this point maybe the, the most solid of the twos like us or San Diego State so we still want um, the teams right behind us, which would be Seton Hall, Villanova, Duke, Creighton, Michigan State, and Maryland. You know, we, we want all those teams to to at least take one more loss just to, to really lock us into a two, regardless of what happens in the ACC tournament. Yeah, and I'll, I'll one other thing that's been sort of creeping around in my mind is that Kentucky, despite Ashton Hagen's some, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if he's had some sort of falling out with Coach Cal. He he took, he's taken a leave of absence from from the team. They still were able to go into UF and come back. You know, Mike White and company uh, choked away an 18 point second half lead yesterday. Kentucky is playing well. They they are. You know, Calipari has a way of of getting his freshmen and sophomores that he kind of cobbles together every year you know from from all these big recruits he definitely improves them throughout the season I think uh what Calipari has maybe six or seven elite eights you know at Kentucky so um I I would rather avoid Kentucky to be quite honest and if Michigan State and Maryland are able to continue to take losses I think that opens up to where Kentucky can rise up to a two seed and if Florida State and Kentucky are both on the two line, that means we do not have to worry about Kentucky being our three seed uh, in the South or, or East or whichever one we're in. So that that to me, I, I don't know. Do, would you thought? Do you, do you are you worried about Kentucky at all? Would you rather avoid them, or am I just kind of making up stuff here? Um, I don't know. It's like yeah, they are playing well, but they're also playing SEC teams. Uh, I, th- I think Florida State matches. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd rather 
Like I'm thinking like Michigan State, Ohio State, um, West Virginia, Creighton. Like those those are the teams for me that I would like to be the fellow twos just to make sure that we avoid them. Creighton's um, scary. I, I, I'll give you that. I yeah. want Creighton as a two as well. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, slapping anybody high fives if I saw that we were the two and Kentucky was three. But also, I think there's there's probably some other teams that I'd be more worried about. All right. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm just being paranoid over here. But at any rate, I think it's been this is a good pod, and, and it's always fun to have a to talk about a championship. And and so we'll be back throughout this week as was as the ACC tournament goes on. I, I don't know exactly when and what time, you know, with these games that are going to be on back-to-back days, but we'll, we'll try to figure something out and hopefully we can be doing another championship pod edition uh, a week from today. Michael, it's been a pleasure. I, I hope, you know, we, you were with us in spirit yesterday in, in the Tucker Center and, and for everyone else out there that was able to enjoy that, congratulations Seminoles fans and players and coaches certainly earned this one.